Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. How are you guys doing? Alrighty then. <laughs> Still in the joy of the Lord? Yes, Lord, we don't drink from the swamp. Out of the mouth of the red dragon float a river. You can tell who's drinking that one. The Spirit of God said, I'm separating those that will side with the slanderer and the accuser, so they have no inheritance with the righteous. And the ones that are tempted and tested and fail their test, the Lord says, they would have betrayed you in the future anyhow. <laughs> so it's really cool how God is just sparing us all the sorrow of having people that aren't going to bear good fruit. <laughs> Through the midst of these storms, the Spirit of God was saying, many of the soldiers of God's army are going to get promoted <laughs> in rank, in their vestments, in their regalia. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. It's so wild out there. Um, but this is the best opportunity to reveal that when the spirit builds the house, Satan can't make it topple. Every season of building apostolically since 2006, I've been tested. I've had hundreds of waves of antichrist, demon-possessed psychopaths come against me every season of ministry. Hundreds and hundreds of battles. And each time I grew and the stuff that belonged to the enemy was destroyed and was harmed and suffered loss. God always tests the building. He allows Jesus to be tested. Look at the Garden of Gethsemane. Father God allowed Satan to come into the garden. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and Jesus Christ said, Satan's coming, but he has nothing in me. When you are right with the Holy Spirit, it don't matter what the demon-possessed, the sour-minded are doing. Amen? Because you're right with God. There is a law of love that you obey in your spirit that when it's tested will only promote you. <laughs> For a time, people can be humiliated. The slander and the gossip against Jesus and his apostles was extreme. The churches in Asia Minor were accused of having orgies because they called their Christian glory meetings love feasts. And the slander towards practicing the glory, Peter says, when you're persecuted, it's because of the spirit of glory. What this testifies to is how much glory is in Red Letter Ministries. It really does. It's the full evidence of the measure of glory in this apostolic ministry. And for the young saints, many of them are getting promoted. Many of them are growing in rank. Some are getting demoted. Some are just going completely insane and working on a lot of people, discipling a lot of people. Some of them are lost, no doubt about it. They're drinking bitterness. They're drinking the cup of demons. And um, they're not even capable of hearing any reason. They don't even want an explanation. It's so crazy out there that fabricated stories, made up lies of even different people that aren't even 
the leadership team of RLM are being used as so-called evidence. It's almost like the angels have so confused our enemies that they've gone insane like Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> and it's just, it is one of the craziest things. I've been dealing with controversial stuff since the beginning. When you get into the prophetic, you start challenging the religious spirit. You start challenging the Jezebel spirit and the strongholds amongst the believers. Because believers have strongholds. Denominations have strongholds. Every group of believers has different struggles and things that they deal with in their brains and their hearts and their flesh. And people are have sin. Christians have sin. And when you begin to fight the very strongholds of the thrones and the powers and the principalities of these strongholds amongst believers so that they can rise in the glory, you pick a fight with the hordes of hell, with enemies. And they don't play fair. They are liars. And when the devil lies, he speaks out of his very nature, Scripture says. So if the origin is the devil, and the origin is slander, and the origin is gossip, and it's coming in the guise of facts and all this stuff, you're actually opening up your souls to allow demons into your souls. It's true. The woman caught in the act of adultery, right? In the Bible, Jesus let her go and said, don't sin anymore. How many people are holding stones against people whose sins are forgiven in the body of Christ? Instead of defense attorneys, we got accusers and lawyers, even to the point of fabricating evidence to do harm to God's chosen sent prophets. That's how severe it is. So that brings us to the scripture of the day. <laughs> yeah, you'll know them by their fruit. The joy has never been stronger over Jezebel. Just make sure in the courtroom of the fallen angels, you're looking for joy and peace and love. Otherwise, the devil will possess your soul. You have to know them by fruit. Fruit is the only evidence if it's God or not God, according to Jesus Christ. Because the magic arts are manipulative, creative powers to create anything with dirt and dust and false fallen angel light. That's what magic is. Everything in the magic arts is fake. That's why Jesus said you'll know the reality if you can test the fruit. Is there peace? Is there unconditional agape love? Is there unconditional love? Is there joy behind it? I mean, it's so obvious that there's no joy, there's no peace in our accusers, but people, they lose their minds when they start drinking out of the cups of demons. They be, they're no longer into reason or wisdom or anything from heaven that's logical. It now becomes just a, a show of murder. You see this in the book of Acts. <laughs> the apostles come into cities, it earthquakes, they're willing to give huge sacrifices, whole bull offerings, which is like $15,000 to the apostles. It's written in Acts now. They were sacrificing whole bulls to Paul and Barnabas. They called them Zeus and Hermes in Acts. Within seconds of the slander of the Jews, and the Pharisees that came in, within seconds, they turned on them to stone them and beat them and murder them. 
Notice how they're swayed when the slander comes. It, it exposes that there's no recreation in their spirit. For a moment, they were under the sway of the favor on the apostles. But because they didn't have an anchor in their own heart, when the enemy came, it immediately took root because they were not recreated in spirit and in living water. You see that clearly. So what this exposes is those who are not anchored in the river or in the living water. <clears throat> you can't participate with slander. At best, you'd be Nicodemus coming to Jesus at night because the prophetic is so complex in the multifaceted wisdom of the ages, as it's called in the Bible, that you would actually begin to ask questions about the prophetic since the fruit is so great. We know you are a teacher sent from God. Could you please explain what's going on? And we always do in gentleness for those that don't just jump into the sewage of the manure pile of the fallen angels because their minds are still intact to receive revelation. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So every season you get tested. This is evidence that you guys are in Joel's army. In the army of God. What's an army for? Battle. What do you think the battle is? All this crap against principalities you see in Red Letter Ministries the last 16 years. This is front lines, guys. A lot of you only been in RLM one, two, three, four, five years. You know this is one of the biggest assaults of all time. I know it's because the greatest harvest for this ministry, and it has to do with finances. We had people go as spies into the enemy's camp and go into the root of why all this intense hatred right now. And the root of the intense hatred right now is because of financial greed and jealousy. The same exact reason that's in the Bible of why they murdered Jesus from the Pharisees, scribes, and teachers of the law. Same exact sin. The murder towards the apostles today that are coming forth right now after our training is complete, 14 plus 3 years in Arabia, which is... <clears throat> You know, kind of being fringe, kind of being a sideline minister, even though internally it's frontline. <clears throat> we haven't had the main stage. We had 85 people watching live every day. We don't have 10,000 like Lance Walno. You got 100,000 people watching Lance Walno and Morningstar. We don't, we're thankful for other ministries that obey the Holy Ghost. Zero competition, but it just means that we haven't had the stage. We've had a training ground for the stage. <clears throat> And what's happening is the Father has already promoted us in heaven because of our purity, because of our holiness. <clears throat> this is the greatest season of purity and holiness <clears throat> loose we have ever walked in. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It is true. Everyone in this group, the dozens in this group, know this is the highest level of holiness all of us have walked in together as a tribe of the armies of the living God. The unity in this tribe is the greatest it's ever been through warfare. The ones that don't participate in the warfare, they're still judging if it's God or not. We'll persuade them because the fruit that's coming will be great. And the loyalty to the Holy Spirit and the building of the house of the Holy Spirit is great. The Holy Spirit is great. The devil is a liar. The devil is weak. His weakness, his betrayal, his shameful acts of his sons and daughters towards those getting sanctified and purified, condemning the process, condemning growing, 
as if you were perfect from the beginning. These these hypocrites sit out there. These hypocrites. They don't have any mess. They're just all clean. Everyone else is wrong except them. They sit there in a pool of a bitter swamp of wormwood, the star that fell from heaven, and pour their acid speech-like poison on everyone else, even though their hearts are as black as coal. Their hearts are married to the accuser of the brethren. You have to create an atmosphere for change and growth because every single season of your change and growth, layers and layers of your humanity will come off your spirit. It's true. (laughs) Praise God. I mean, in 2019, the Holy Spirit led us through Song of Solomon, and there was misunderstanding that season that was cleaned up within weeks and months. And they're trying to use stuff from 2019 against us in 2022. Many of these people left the ministry because they wanted to drink alcohol. Do you you understand? They left RLM because they wanted sin and they loved sin. And now we went through the process of cleaning. The Lord's always discipling us, scourging those he receives as sons, it's written. We've always received the scourging. We always receive the correction from God, obviously not from the devil, because the devil doesn't love us. I don't receive correction from devils. You got to be nuts to receive correction from demons. We We love receiving correction from holy angels. Holy angels corrected people in the gospel. Gabriel says, I stand before the presence of God, and because you have not believed this report, you're going to be blind. That's a lot of correction when you're blinded by the archangel. The Lord God Almighty said to me today, because this warfare is so great, and he will never allow you to face warfare that he doesn't give you equal angels to face it with, the only level of angels that face this level of warfare and opposition are archangels. I remember in 2020, you guys can just chill out and sit down out there. I got this. Just please, just rest. You're making me nervous. Just chill out and talk the ghost. Just have a drink. Please. It's very easy for me. This is not our first rodeo. We're so high in the spirit. It's very easy and light up here. Just need you guys to chill out. Glory. Chill out. (laughs) It's fun. Hallelujah. The Lord said to me in 2020, we had a great seer prophet come alongside RLM that year, introduced many of uh, RLM Minneapolis to their angels, to their destiny, awesome signs and wonders. It was a powerful time where we had uh, just a mature seer with us. He activated a lot of people in their giftings and all that stuff here. And one thing that, that he said during that time was that your ministry is a shiny, shiny ministry. It was the ministry of the seven stars, which are the angels of the seven churches. And when he, he told me my main angel assigned to me in RLM was the Archangel of Wisdom, whose name is Sophia. And after that, I met with him face to face in the whole group in this living room. And I felt seven stars ascend and descend upon me. And the Lord said, you'll see angels ascend and descend upon the Son of Man. Son of Man's not just Jesus, but also his brothers and sisters, since Christ lives in you. Christ, 1 John 4, 3 and 4, say, anyone that denies Jesus inside the flesh is an antichrist. That's the religious spirit. 
that the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is not indwelling our bodies in the fullness of deity? I mean, come on, Colossians 2.10 says the fullness of deity indwells us. We're not talking about antichrist religious spirit of the soul. We're talking about Christ in you. Hoping you realize King of Kings and Lord of Lords in your spirit so that you can have an outpouring of the river of life. Don't you understand what divinity is? This is important, guys. I have said you are gods. Jesus Christ said, it says in your scriptures, you are gods. If you don't have that established in your spirit, you can't mature in Christ. You'll always stay a baby in diapers, making a mess, pooping on yourself, yoked to religious spirit. You can't grow until you understand the Bible says numbers of times you are gods. Amen. Amen. And you're not going to perish like men. Why? Because the divine part of you is not man or woman. It's not Greek or Hebrew. What is it? It's Christ in you. Christ is in you. If you lay hands on your belly, you might have a greater connection to it tonight. You have Jesus, King of Kings and Lord of Lords in your spiritual stomach. John 7, 38, out of your belly flows rivers of living water from the throne of the Lamb. Your job, saints, is to drink from the throne and get out of the thinking. The more you can get out of your soul into his soul, which is the seven spirits of God, the seven rivers from his throne, seven torches burning. What is that? It's the rainbow of the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is liquid intelligence, if you haven't learned that yet. The river of life is divine intelligence. It's called the mind of Christ. And when you have it, what do you have? Peace with God. Why? Because you're in the river. How do you get into the peace of God? You have to drink it. How did David get into Jerusalem? Through the waterway, through the aqueduct. He went through the waterway, which means there's no conquering of the promised land of your own heart and mind in Christ, of your own bones, until you learn how to drink the river. You can't grow being a thinker. You can't grow in the soul. Practicing soulishness, the Bible says, is goat activity. That's what false brethren are. They practice the soul. They speak out of their heart. Speaking out of your heart is sinning called the sin of leprosy. And you gotta kill that bird and dip it in blood and pour it right over their head, Leviticus 14, which is killing the foul bird on their head. And the other bird, which is the holy angel, set free. And your spirit is a bird that's set free from the snare of the fowler, it is written, Leviticus 14. It's the cleansing of leprosy, which is the sinning with the mouth. It's everywhere. Amen. False brethren only sin with their mouth constantly. Because out of the heart the mouth speaks, and the heart is wicked beyond knowing, it is written. Right? So what is Christianity after you're born again? First Corinthians says, learning how to talk. Christianity is learning how to talk. You don't know how to talk. I can tell most of you are not talking out of the Spirit. You're talking out of your heart. Your words are your own. Therefore, they fall to the ground because they came from the ground. From dust you came into re dust you return, which is anyone that's not speaking from the living water. We don't speak from dust. We don't return to dust. We're not dust of dust. We're spirit of spirit. We're born of spirit and water. Now you're learning how to speak from that living water dimension. What's the living water dimension? <laughs> Come on. The glory realm. It's the realm of his glory. Hallelujah! <laughs> 
When you speak from the realm of living water, what does the Bible say? And the great shepherd has led you. He's got to be great. Why? Because he's dealing with all the things of the enemy. The red dragon, the primal evil. That's why you need a great shepherd. How many shepherds have you gone through to get here? A lot of people aren't yoked to the same pastor they were 20, 30, 40 years ago. You move in the river. There's movement in the river because the armies of the living God are a moving, marching army inside human bodies. These things, these bones, which is the will of God, these bones can live. Where do they live? Ezekiel 37, when they're not moving, they're in the dry place. That's the place of religion. That's the place of soulishness. That's the place of being trapped in self, trapped under the teachings of religious spirits as Egypt. Pyramids all getting drowned now. Those pyramid dimensions of man's building. They're testing the building of God. Good, let them. I love the testing. I don't care what enemy is sent against me. I only want to grow in what the Spirit builds. And if it's not the Spirit, let it be torn down. If it is the Spirit, let them be torn down who tests us. Jesus only tested once and with all that stuff against him was torn down. The Bible says he defeated it permanently at the cross. One big test. After the wilderness, after the fasting 40 days, he had the Garden of Gethsemane, he had the cross and Calvary. Then the Bible says there in that test of all the enemies, every single fallen angel tested him. What does that mean? You might go through some stuff. I doubt it's as big as Jesus because of his apostolic calling. Jesus had an apostolic anointing, an apostolic world-changing anointing. He came in the likeness of man and God anointed him, which means he was limited to the anointing of God, Hebrews says, which means you will have the testing according to the amount of anointing on your life for what God has created you to do. If you have a bigger destiny, you have more anointing, which means more testing. Look at the testing against me the last 16 years. All it testifies to is the size of my destiny. You only have to be about two years old in Christ to see that. Come on now. Some of you are learning that God uses the enemy. It's Satan. Satan is God's devil in the Bible. Devil's not out there doing anything he wants. The devil's doing God's will. He doesn't like to hear it, but he is. Say all the fallen angels are doing the will of God. Now you need some wisdom to understand that because it's God's will that none should perish, that all should come to eternal life and the saving understanding of Jesus in their spirit. But for those that won't obey, Satan devours them like fertilizer. Oh, that's a tough subject. No, it's not. Deal with judgment and grow up. You've dealt with judgment from the sin providing death and producing death all around you. You've seen destruction. You have watched it on TV. You have seen it played out before your eyes. Now get wisdom and understanding in dealing with reality. You don't need to flinch in the judgment. You just need to let the Spirit of God be built up in your heart. You know, you will pass the judgment test to the amount of the scripture written on your spirit. <laughs> scripture on your heart ain't going to help you. It'll actually get pulled down in death unless the seed falls to the ground and dies and bears no fruit, which you can't even be protected with dead letter in your heart. You could have the whole Bible memorized and be a serial killer. Look at Saul of Tarsus. To be a Pharisee, he had to memorize the whole Bible. Didn't help him at all. He was killing Christians. Hello? You got to get into your spirit through death. 
What does the Bible say? Death is my closest friend. What are these people afraid of? The death of Jesus, the stripping down of the animal, the burning of all that is false in the Adamic nature, in your Eve flesh, in your Eve blood, all of it burning. For the house of Adam and Eve, which is the bloodlines of the 70 root nations of Nimrod, Tower of Babel, hello, Babylon the Great, which is what? Tower of Babel, which is dealing with all the DNA of the fallen Adamic and Eve race. And that gets burned off of your spirit through testings. Because that house was given to the devil. You will crawl on your belly and eat dirt all your days. What's dirt? Flesh. We're not a house of dirt. So they don't have dirt on what the spirit builds. If the spirit does it, the angels will protect it, even if it looks ugly. I'm telling you, the promotion that's coming out of this season is beyond comprehension. It is. But the ones that are being removed are being separated from the inheritance of the righteous because their hearts are evil. What does it mean to have an evil heart? A human heart. Their hearts are human, which is evil. That's the curse of the fall. You can't have a human heart and serve the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is your new heart. The Holy Spirit is the heart of the Father. Are we a Davidic apostolic company in the armies of the living God? We are men and women after God's own heart, which means we're after the Holy Ghost. Amen. And the more your zeal for the Holy Ghost, the more the slander of the enemy to try to pervert your heart because they can't see what's going on in secret. They can't see what's going on on the inside. God might have had you do wild stuff like the prophets in the Bible. God's had me do questionable things since day one as a prophet, like Ezekiel, a shock prophet, like Isaiah, a shock prophet. God has not had me do ever stuff that's easy to understand by the carnal mind. He's always done it around Satan's throne, which is the carnal mind, requiring people to humble themselves and get a revelation to understand the prophetic works, paying a price for the spirit of understanding. And those that aren't willing to pay a price and sacrifice their Adamic hearts and minds, they just go into confusion. They just get worse still. It just reveals they have not yet even begun to walk in faith. They're still walking by sight. You can't judge with your eyes. The Bible says, Isaiah 11, if you judge with your eyes by what you see, you have practiced unrighteousness. It's sin. If Jesus ever judged by his eyes, he would not be the Messiah. That's written in Isaiah chapter 11. Think about it. How much temptation is out there right now for you to judge with your eyes. Let's get into that tonight. Isaiah 11. I think we should be in the Amplified Classic. Glory. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You know, I'm excited because some people are actually growing in rank. Some people are getting upgraded by the Father. When the pressure comes of the demon, the opportunity arises in your spirit to be upgraded. It's not a bad thing, it's an opportunity. All spiritual opposition that you face through sinners, through demons, through liars, through slanderers, through gossips, through perverters, all of it is opportunity to rise higher. Bob Jones, he was persecuted so severely, he wanted to go be home with the Lord in 1970. The Lord's like, you're going back. And don't be a coward. And Bob Jones was told that all enemy opposition, slander, 
anything that comes against you is the opportunity, the very wind to rise higher. Amen. It can pull you down. If you let it in the negative, the bad report, you die in the wilderness, right? If you let the negativity in the soul, in your eyes, you die in the wilderness. That's what happened to all the unbelievers who began to listen to the bad report. They began to accelerate in their destruction. That's what the devil's trying to do among so many people around RLM. He's trying to destroy you through slander. Slander is a covenant with the devil. If you allow it in and entertain it, if you allow the devil's words into your eyes and ears, if you allow the devil's pictures into your eyes and ears, there's a contract in there that allows entrance to demons. That's why they get worse. Where at one time they were able to receive discipleship and correction and grow and learn. Now there's none. And now it's hatred and animo animosity towards me. What turned them? Demons did. And the fruit now, they once had some fruit in believing me. Now, since they believe my accusers, the fruit's gone. There, that is the what the demons are always trying to do. They're trying to steal your fruit. The kingdom of hell runs on stolen waters. And Christians, they get bitter and come into agreement with demons. How many of y'all know Babylon the Great was built on the backs of Christians, twice dead, bewitched? Not all twice dead, but many twice dead. Twice dead means that there's no longer any room in there for repentance. The Bible talks about that many times. Jude says these people are twice dead. Jude, the apostle Jude, the brother of Jesus, came out of the same mom, same womb, said that these men who come into your love feasts, the darkest gloom is prepared for them. These people who pretend to be brothers and sisters in Christ have actually completely given their hearts to the enemy. Of, they always pretend. The Bible says in 1 John that Satan comes in the guise of Christ. He always comes as a good Christian. He always comes in the guise of righteousness. He always comes like, I'm practicing the Lord, I'm following the Lord. But the intentions of the heart is to pull everyone away from grace. And when you're pulled away from grace, you go into hell. You literally become imprisoned in these pyramids by these demon spirits. Their wings get them, the acid gets them. Read the final quest. Slander and gossip and all of these attacks are the main strategies to get the young Christians that have weak armor pulled off the mountain back into captivity in the sand under scorpions and poison and all kinds of horrible torments and tortures. Whether they ever come out of it or not, who knows? My experience has been most people that begin to drink that poison are, are lost forever. I mean, literally, you, eternally. This is how severe the battle is. The brain doesn't understand the severity. The spirit does. Decisions people have made in the past, and I've watched them, I've watched hundreds of thousands. The decisions they make in these critical points of warfare determine their eternal state. This is not a temporal battle. This is an eternal battle on which side many of these people will be on forever. And some of you, sad but true, have lost your spouses eternally. Amen. Eternally, they're never coming back. And you can't even face reality because it's so intense. And so you just gotta keep drinking. Oh man, I don't know about. Well, keep drinking. The Bible says that two will be sleeping in bed, one will be taken, the other remain. 
Which means this judgment of this level of principality and archangel warfare that you are in right now determines eternal fates and eternal destinies and eternal resting places in heaven and hell. That's what's at stake. This is not some small little internet scuttle. This determines the fate in the, of souls and eternal futures. This stuff is written in the spirit. Demons are legalists. They will write your words and your reactions and even the thoughts of your heart that you speak. They'll write it in tablets in hell and hold it as legal evidence. You agreed with the demon. We have legal right to your soul in hell for eternity. Amen. It's true. People mess around and they get involved with the works of demons. Demons are legalists. If you have only the blood of Jesus and grace in you, was about to say it's the only way you're saved from the the hell that's created for demons. If you agree with demons, their job is to take your soul into hell. That's what their assignment from Satan's throne is. And how they take your souls to hell for eternity is by agreement with their words. Even agreement with their images. Agreement with them in any way that they can connive and manipulate and deceive and just do anything. You can go to hell by agreeing with true things they say. Amen, yeah. <laughs> Satan told Eve, that fallen angel, his name is mentioned, I believe it's Galadriel, in the book of Enoch, the one that tempted Eve, that got her to fall. He tempted her with truth that didn't have life in it. Truth without life in it is like we call it a white lie that's how the curse of the fall happened guys you understand that facts without the spirit backing them up are satan every time <laughs> you have to have the spirit behind it that's why jesus said it's not even just the surface of the word it's the content of the fruit it's the juice in the center of it you got to go behind the words you got to go behind the everything the enemy's doing into the source in the center of the accusation there you'll see satan's throne who in their right mind is going to listen to satan's throne that's why you need wisdom that's why you test the spirit. That's why you go into the depths. Test every spirit, for not every spirit is sent from God. My spirit gets tested so much, they just, people just take it for granted. And they expect me to be constantly thrashed, constantly judged, constantly criticized, constantly tested. What about testing these accusers? What about testing the slanderers and the origin of their attack? Maybe you'd reveal Satan's throne. Come on now. You need to. The Bible commands you to do it. Don't just test the apostles every day. Test the accusers of the apostles every day. Then you'd destroy the works of the devil instead of trying to harm God's kingdom. These people want to turn you against God himself. Verse of the day. There it is. Do not touch my anointed ones. <laughs> and do my prophets no harm. Psalms 105, 15. Hallelujah. <laughs> they think harming the prophets is testing the prophets. When you're bewitched, do you think it's okay to harm prophets? I tell you what, there's a big difference between testing and harming. 
God says you can test them in finances, but no one ever harms finances because there's honor because they want to pay their electric bill. It's the same test. You have to come with the right spirit to test something. If you have evil in your heart and you already have a judgment in your heart, that's not a test because the devil's already got you. You need to go to the water of the word and get washed from Satan in you. One thing I noticed during spiritual warfare is the only thing that could wash you is the water of the word. Most of you, after this little scuttle that you've had this last season, if you go spend some time before the word and the water, especially the Psalms right now, and let it wash over you, you will feel all the battle scars, all the battle wounds begin to wash away. You go higher. The water of the word is how you ascend into higher realms of peace. And I could ascend into higher realms of peace, but all of our people are in different elevations. You have to descend to where the people are. That's what a shepherd's job is. He's down there at an elevation with the sheep, making sure the wolves don't get him. We have more wolves against this ministry than any ministry I've ever seen. I've, I've looked at ministries. I've been following ministries. I'm with other ministers. I have never seen wolves at this level towards any ministry in my generation. And I'd look. I'd look for him. Bob Jones wasn't even persecuted as bad as RLM. It's true. He was persecuted bad. But nothing like this. This is a different level, y'all. This is the level of sonship that the prophets that were before us prepared. It's absolutely true. You need to understand final judgment against the principalities is at hand. They know it. The believers often don't. You need to understand how rewards work in the kingdom for faithfulness to the river of life, faithfulness to the spirit and the word of grace, faithfulness to the leaders of the body, the beard of the body, Aaron's head with the oil, which is the apostles and prophets. This body marches by the leadership of the anointing of the apostles and prophets and nothing else for 2,000 years, which means you only have anointing in your life through these men. Bob Jones says, all the wisdom down here came through these men. You think you have some kind of breakthrough individually? No, nothing is for individual interpretation, 2 Peter 1. It is a corporate blessing that came from Jesus himself, and it's in. if it's in you, it came from him. It was in someone else before you. You are a created being. I am a created being. Jesus created me. Jesus created you. Jesus visited the earth and he gave gifts to men. Amen. He scattered them abroad, which means some of these gifts, they rain upon the just and the unjust. Some of these gifts are used for iniquity. You use the gifts for iniquity, Jesus Christ said in the Bible, which means for the soul. Using the prophetic gifting for the soul is the definition of the false prophet that goes down into the lake of fire now and the beast and the red dragon, which is man's pride, the pride of life. You got three different areas that get eternal judgment. I know they're coming forth now. This is what the principalities, the leaders of the fallen angels, get embodied in these three things in Revelation. Understand now, the beast, the false prophet, and the red dragon, and we've taught on this many times. You can go back and get the last 2,000 sermons and they'll help you. The beast, the false prophet, and the red dragon is the heart and the mind and the bones, the perverted soul, the, the whore of Babylon, which means the soul connected to the fall. 
the soul connected to created light. Beware that the light in you is not the kingdom of darkness, Jesus Christ said three times. Beware that you're not living in the wrong kingdom, in the kingdom of Jezebel. Christians don't even realize when they're bewitched, when they serve an external Jesus, they're not even in the right kingdom. That's why they get discouraged and they're tempted by the hooks of the enemy. They're tempted by a higher ranking demon. When a higher ranking demon comes around than the one in you, you tend to agree with it. And there happens to be during that time, especially in warfare against Christ, a demonic unity. I've witnessed demonic unity against my anointing since 2006. People that hate each other's guts come together and start to plan schemes against me since 2006. I've dealt with it nonstop. Every ministry I've ministered with, except for a couple, have really begun to manifest what's in their heart because circumcision in the heart is practically unknown. Most of these people just deal with their heart and they think that my heart's a Christian. Your heart is wicked. And the sword of the Spirit reveals what's in it, and it's always the devil. An uncircumcised heart is a heart whose emotions and thought life is influenced hugely by the devil. Hugely, not minorly, majorly. That's why no one gets into the promised land except through circumcision of the heart. Romans 2. To be the true Israel of God, to live in Zion, you have to have a divine heart. You have to have the Holy Spirit, the river, as the judge and guide of your emotion and thought life in your inner man. If you don't, zero chance you'll go into the promised land. You can't even see the promised land. You can't even understand or hear or listen about it until you received the apostle's sword upon your heart. That's Moses in the wilderness. Amen. Amen. And he circumcised them as adults, representing after you're a believer in Jesus, now your heart must be annihilated by the sword. And they went, they, they complained, you are a bloody man. She said, what's her name? Miriam, Moses' sister. You're a bloody man, Moses. <laughs> well, in the New Covenant, the Miriams repent. Amen? Amen. That's good. There's mercy for whatever demonic sin that you did in, in ignorance. Usually it's because the heart comes out by the greater glory that you don't understand. You can always humble yourself when he manifests like a crazy animal. There's mercy if you humble your heart and allow it to be cut. There's no mercy if you harden your heart. Hardness of heart is unbelief and dying in the wilderness, the Bible says. That's a New Testament book of Hebrews concept. That after hearing the gospel, don't harden your heart like they did in the wilderness and died. And were killed by snakes, it is written. Snakes represent lies. Anything the demon says is a lie. Come on now. Are the snakes hanging off your head? Did you let the snakes into your forehead? What's the answer to snakes? The cross, the bronze snake, the bronze serpent, which is the flesh of Jesus crucified for you. Jesus died to get the snakes out of you. Anyone that says they don't have snakes makes God to be a liar. Some of these people are in such denial, their whole nature is a snake. Especially these self-righteous hypocrites that say, I'm the good one. I'm not deceived at all. Man, you need to be humble. The only person down here not deceived is the Holy Spirit. And he's only a friend with those meek and humble of heart. The ones that share in his divinity as a gift of grace. 
There's nothing right or good about anyone down here except the gift of grace, which is God's Holy Spirit. And he only lives in the ones that are humble. He doesn't live in accusers. Doesn't. He lives in the ones that are humble, meek, and understand divinity as a gift. Everything else is Satan down here. This is the curse of the fall, the valley of the shadow of death, which means there's zero goodness on earth, zero in humanity, except the gift of God's grace. The Bible says that gift of grace is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our righteousness. The Holy Spirit is our high tower. And the more you yield and have no righteousness of your own, you know, this is having no righteousness of your own is a process. It's the revealing of how much the devil's really in you as Christians. Christians don't think the devil's in them. The devil's mainly inside Christians. The hordes of hell are marching. Remember first chapter of the final quest, Satan's army, all Christians, every single one Christian. Satan's army is all Christians. Look at the Old Testament. The enemy's only working around the covenant religion. Look at the New Testament. He's only working around the covenant religion. Judaizers coming in the guise of Christians, corrupting all the flocks of the Apostle Paul as teachers that are more accurate and better teachers than Paul because Paul's a teacher of grace. We're more mature than Paul. No, they're not. They're devils. That's Satan. Soulish maturity is the devil. What we're trying to do in the armies of the living God is produce a wisdom that can discern. The word discernment is also the word for wisdom and understanding. Discernment is also intelligence. Discernment is also the eye salve that sees. Now, a lot of the young prophets that come in, and I think almost all prophets on this planet, me included, are young compared to where we're going. I don't believe the prophetic is even close to its full potential in the current state of the body of Christ. And this is the best it's ever been. This is the most mature it's ever been. And things are going wonderfully, despite what the enemy is doing. The enemy is a liar. He's just lying, which is evidence that we're doing better than ever before. It really is. The more the enemy is causing a ruckus is evidence of how good God's people are doing in the glory. The fact that they're infuriated, the fact that they're desperate, the fact that they're weeping and gnashing their teeth. All of that is evidence of the success of God's people. It's true. And they always want to strike the head so the sheep are scattered. They will strike leadership, but they mainly go after the leaders. If you take the leaders down, look at the works of Jezebel towards God's leaders in this past hundred years. I've watched Satan in church history take out hundreds and hundreds of leaders. And I know if I wasn't God outside-minded, I'd be taken out too. But because of the God inside-mindedness of Christ formed in me, Christ cannot be killed a second time. If I was bewitched, I could go down in the attacks. But the one who's not bewitched, Jesus lives in me. And I really live out of that rich treasury of glory. That impenetrable fortress of Zion, the mountain of fire, is in me. I've lived out of that knowing as a former warlock and sorcerer in my previous life what belongs to Satan and not building with the wood and the hay and stubble that the enemy could destroy. That's why I've taken the hardest path of the internal building. So when the testing comes, all it does is strip off the stuff that I want gone anyway. 
which you see this season as false brethren. We don't want false brethren in our midst. They're forbidden to even be in your houses by the apostles in the New Testament. <clears throat> Problem is, when you don't have discernment, your inner man's not mature, you can't tell a false brethren from a true brethren. You can't when you're young. You'll have to sit there and just watch the war play out. You're going to have to sit there you know, in your homes, you're going to have to pray, you're going to have to press in. Some of you need to do some fasting. Some of you are dealing with religious spirits, deceiving Leviathan, word-twisting spirits. Everyone's got their stuff. The issue is you're working it out with fear and trembling. There is a shaking of the river of life increasing in you. And if you see it in others, guys, the Bible says in Romans 2, if you see it in others, that means that sin is in you. Sin can only work through hypocrisy, Jesus Christ said. Righteousness only works through grace. This is what the Bible says. Righteousness, divinity, only works through grace. Satan and sin only works through the self-righteousness of hypocrisy in the soul. So you can only see sin in others to the measure it's in you. That's the plank and the speck that's in your eye. But Jesus condemned the Pharisees. Why is that? Because he said they were the children of snakes. He was dealing with demons directly with skin on. Okay? Leave that to the mature ones. You have to be mature to deal with that level of judgment. Your main job is just to grow your spirit and fight the good fight of faith that's on your platter before you. You don't, you're not asked by God to fight a battle bigger than your current level of maturity in Christ. He's not asking you to be me. He's not asking you to be anyone in the RLM leadership group. He's asking you to be the soldier where you're at right now, fighting for truth and justice, fighting for the river of life, fighting the good fight of faith, fighting for mercy and grace. And you will learn the hard way to not apply it to demons. Notice how many are trying to apply mercy and grace to demon spirits. They don't get mercy, guys. Their judgment's sealed. But when you're young in the Lord, you get taken advantage of because of the niceness and the kindness that you're supposedly having towards messed up people, Christians with major problems. Those major problems sometimes have a grip of their personality. That major problem is a demon. That thing can't be saved. So you have to sometimes get very aggressive towards humans as you drive out devils. And oftentimes when I've driven out devils publicly on this stage, the soul of the person was so attached to that demon, they were driven out with their devils. You can drive out demons with the river of life, and when the demons go and the soul stays, that means their sins are forgiven. If they go with the demons, their sins remain. That's how actual forgiveness works in the river of life. Which means if you want deliverance from the devil, the river of life is the only way to get it. Which means something's going to get water blasted, pressure tested, right through your heart, right through your eyes, your ears, your senses, your brain, and your bones. And if you love Jesus more than the sin you're getting delivered of, that thing gets blasted out of you. But I watch a lot of people get blasted with their sins. Especially if they have the hooks of Jezebel in them. These people go down real quickly. They get into the gossip real quickly. They get into the bad report real quickly. Because that's where their heart is. Their heart is inside those sins. That's their identity. That's their mutilated, counterfeit, Adamic personality. The old creature has a personality that's fighting against the new creature in Christ. Double-minded, unstable in all their ways. What's unstable mean? No loyalty to Jesus in the new creature. 
Passing your test means that the new creature requires a greater loyalty to your soul, which is your heart, to your mind, which is your brain, and your bones, which is your will. But this housing, this temple is now for the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit has built. What's the Holy Spirit building? The new creature, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Born of the Holy Spirit, born of God. That's the house of God. That's the tabernacle of David. That's what the Spirit's building. Why are you still in the Adamic curse? Why are you still in the bloodlines of Nimrod in the Tower of Babel? That doesn't have anything to do with what God's doing in this day. The Holy Spirit is the father of spirits. And what is fathering? Punishing wrongdoing. Spare not the rod, lest you spoil the child, which means all the stuff that's spoiled comes off of the child of God. And it's as much as you can receive every season. We say, oh yeah, give it to us, and then this huge war breaks out, and people are just, man, I'm struggling right now, pray for me. Take me to the medic tent. You didn't even know what you were praying for. But you know, next season you'll be stronger as you go through it. If you stay loyal to the new creature of grace, if you stay loyal to the Spirit, I tell you the truth, the Holy Ghost has built this house and the Holy Ghost sets his guards up over this house. And there shall come forth a shoot out of the stock of Jesse, David's father, and a branch out of his roots shall grow and bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the reverential and obedient fear of the Holy Spirit, and shall make him of quick understanding. Who's born of God? Of quick understanding. Is this about Jesus? Yes. Is it about your new creature? Yeah, you're born of Jesus. This is about your spirit also. You are his brothers and sisters now. Come on. You are of quick understanding in your spirit, but not the brain. You're only of quick understanding in your spirit if you're paying the price for the soulish nature to be peeled off layer of layer like an onion off of your spirit. Only the spirit can understand, for it's the spirit of understanding. Flesh cannot understand. Nobody in hell who followed the flesh, the wide path of destruction, even to this day, has any understanding. They don't even know why they're there half the time. They don't understand anything. It's not explained to them because the flesh comprehends nothing the spirit does. The spirit put them there, but since they chose flesh, they'll never understand. Woo! Come on now. That's why it's just expediency to get into your spirit, to get understanding at the cost of the animal that needs to be burnt off your spirit through faith and obedience in the word of God. Quick understanding. His delight shall be in the reverential and obedient fear of the Lord. Joy in the fear of the Lord. What's the fear of the Lord? Serving in spirit, walking in spirit. And he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes. Anyone born of God, that part of you can't judge by the sight of your eyes of your heart. It's all temptation for the old Adamic man to judge by the eyes. It's all Satan. Neither decide by the hearing of his ears. You can't use these ears to discern. You have to be in the river. 
The new creature is the only part of you that has the ability to hear what the Spirit's saying to the churches. But with righteousness and justice, he shall judge the poor and decide with fairness for the meek, the poor and the downtrodden of the earth, and he shall smite the earth. He will smite the oppressor with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Amen? The Ruach HaKadosh, he's going to slay them with Token the Ghost. <laughs> Amen? Yeah, that's true. Token the Ghost is really powerful right now. I was in this realm with the Lord last night, and I'm just like, man, we just, we just need to get high up here. Demons are so crazy, you can toke over the demons and just hotbox everything down below. Amen? As high as you are in your soul, by your spirit, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, but your soul gets high by your spirit. There are elevations that you can get so high that the stuff has so far below your feet you have zero emotional investment. You need to get high enough where the works of the devil and externalism has zero pull on your emotions. That reveals the actual elevation of the resurrection. If you still have an emotional attachment to the enemy, you can be influenced by the works of the enemy. The works of darkness, the works of slanderers, accusers of the brethren, and all this wickedness going on against RLM right now, it can actually hurt your feelings. It can't hurt your feelings in the higher realms because your feelings are hidden with Christ in God. He only feels joy constantly. Your feelings become the fruits of the Spirit. So outwardly, when they're going crazy, far below your feet. There's elevations here. This activity is in a very, very low vibration and frequency. It's very low demonic realms of poison. It's very low. When you're very high, in the most high, by the river of life, in the sky, flying by and by, and you need to be there because that's where the heavenly Jerusalem is that comes down like a scroll. The people that are in that elevation feel no negativity towards any of the works of Satan in the inhabitants of the earth. That's what the Bible says. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Aren't you glad to not be an inhabitant of the earth, but an inhabitant of the kingdom of heaven far above the earth? That's what the Bible says. You can come into an elevation where nothing down below under the fallen angels can touch you anymore. And the ones getting promoted in the warfare, like eagles, they fly above the storms. There will be eagles flying above Hurricane Ian. Oh, man, that's pretty interesting. What's going on down there? They're waiting for it to go through Costco to get all that free meat. They got grade A Wagyu there. That stuff's $100 a pound. Once it blasts the doors off of Costco, they're going to find an eagle. I remember my dad telling me one time, Don't you know eagles are scavengers? <laughs> Well, hallelujah. They eat snakes. Yeah, God has a nature like an eagle. He's the eagle flying midair in the Bible. The great white eagle. I've met him face to face in the flesh. Jesus revealed me, revealed himself to me as the great white eagle. The door had fallen off our little Geo Metro out here on 6th Street, which is the number of man. I'm obeying the Holy Ghost and everything the best I know how. And just sincerely serving the Lord in, in His glory with signs and wonders, the best I know how. And it just felt like everything was falling apart. This is uh, 2008. 
very long time ago. And uh, I opened the door of our Geo Metro and nothing fell off right into the street. The door just fell off the car. And I just was like, oh, I just broke. Like, this was like my last straw. <laughs> you know what I mean? You think you'd get rewards for obedience and it's just more and more suffering. <laughs> but then the reward came. The rewarder himself. I looked over to my left. The broken car door is down there laying in the street. Shards of Shekinah glory piercing through my shoulder. I could see the light of the great white eagle of Jesus Christ himself piercing through my shoulder with shards of light. And I looked to my left and it's Jesus Christ, the great white eagle, flying down the middle of the street. And I watched him fly all the way down the street. And then he turned up 22nd Street and flew up 22nd. And six is the number of man. 22, the keys of David. He said, I'm going to bring all of my divinity through man. And after that, I'm gonna, I've been encouraged by that every day ever since. You see the Lord like that and have an encounter like that with the, with the impartation on my shoulder of the increase of his government on the shoulder. There shall be no end. He imparted that white eagle government into my shoulder. That's really what pisses the enemy off so much. That God would give his authority to men. That's what infuriates them. The fallen angels left heaven because of that. That's why they just do anything they can to attack that. But they're attacking God inside man. That's the problem. They're not picking a fight with the human frail part of you. These people with government on their shoulder, the apostles of the end times, They've already gone through the testing on the inside to burn that human stuff out of them. A lot of it. Not that they're perfect, but they're being made perfect at a major level beyond most of your comprehension right now. That inside of them, it's actually mostly God the Father formed in personality. The Father's personality becomes their very personality. The Bible calls that a glorified personality. All your personalities will change as you go from glory to glory, which means you can have more joy infusing your thought life. All of your actions, your words are infused with greater glory. The glorification of your personality is the Father Himself getting formed in you. So it's just like pure joy billowing out of you all the time. Just the funnest people to be around, the manifesting sons of God, because what are they manifesting? God the Father's goodness. You need to experience God's goodness. You're only going to fight in, inside human vessels. Amen. God dwells in jars of clay. Treasures. What's the treasure? God himself is their treasure. God is our great reward. You need to discover the divinity inside brothers and sisters, and then there becomes a rock solidness of a tribe and a nation of Israel. There are people that will come into such a unity during this time because of so much warfare and conflict that we suffered and we see that to a measure in RLM now of those that have battled with us. There are, there's battling maturity all around this place. People want to come to the front lines, a lot of people aren't mature enough for it yet, but the ones that are ready that are trained into this place get the fastest promotion of any place in the world. And that is a fact. Because in order to face what we're facing, the seven-headed beast on the seven mountains, you have to have the seven stars in your right hand. You have to have the seven archangels of the seven churches, not just of Asia Minor, of the seven continents of planet Earth. I tell you the truth, you can't do this work in Red Letter Ministries without the seven archangels. And in fact, they're here. Prophetess sent me a picture this week saying the Lord has confirmed with signs and wonders in multiple times you are to have this painting. We shared it on Facebook. It's holding the seven stars. Are we not the body of Christ on earth? Jesus is here by his spirit to change the inside into his very body. You could call us his puppets. A puppet of Christ. A body of Christ. He's in us. 
the same amount he's at the right hand of God. Anything less than that is blasphemy. John, 1 John 4, 3 and 4. It's true. The greater one in you. How well do you know him in you? Or is it just you in there still? Amen. A lot of people just have the stuff in them. It's just kumbaya. That kumbaya spirit. I just soak my soul in an external anointing. You need to burn your soul out of your body for Christ to be formed in you for real. You need to look and see God. Did you see God today? If not, it's because your heart is not getting burned up on the altar. Burn your hearts and see God. The pure in heart, see God. If I'm not seeing God inside my body, my heart is not circumcised. I'm living in self, which is the sin nature. You can't live in self and follow Christ. You love one and despise the other. No one finds their life unless they lose it. The word life is the word soul in the Bible. Did you lose your life and soul for his? Not just losing yours. That won't even help you unless you gain his. Not just death, resurrection. The real death of Jesus simultaneously, instantaneously, always produces resurrection glory outpouring at the same time. Religious spirit counterfeit this more than anything. Because everyone knows the preaching of the cross is sound doctrine. All the Southern Baptists, everyone's got that down. But they don't know the Holy Spirit at all. Father, Son, and Holy Bible forgot about the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's true, funny how you can preach the cross and not have the Holy Spirit. That's why you look for the evidence, the hope of glory, which is the apostolic doctrine of the resurrection. Without the resurrection, your whole belief system in Christianity is fake and false. It's soulish. It's man's religion. Which means if you're not in the glory, in the Shekinah, in the shards of light beaming out of your flesh, you got religion in you, man. You're demon-possessed. You gotta get the devil and his religion out of your soul. For when the cross is truly preached and there is a true crucifixion of heart and brain, the spirit rises from the dead each and every time. And it's by your faith and agreement and understanding the word working and what part needs to rise in you, the divine part of you, the spirit part of you, and what part of you needs to burn and die, the soul part of you. Best understanding of the soul part of you I've ever seen in the history of the world from the Bible itself. The tent of meeting and the tabernacle of Moses shows the entire perfected understanding through wisdom of the soul and the flesh. And both of them are completely goat. Completely goat. Soul is as goat as goat gets. That's what's wrong with everyone. They're taught a Christianity in the goat of their soul. Unless the soul is slain as a goat, the Bible says you can't even begin to have fun with your friends. You'll be out there in the wheat field. You'll be reading your Bible every morning under candlelight. You'll be fasting one time a week. You never, your entire life, know the Father or be in His glory. Because the soul has to be completely slain in order to enter the Father's house, which is what? The marriage supper of the Lamb. That's when you begin to feast and have fun with your friends, Jesus Christ said in Luke 15. So this is the main thing all of you have to do to walk in righteousness, to walk in glory, to walk in God. You have to slay your heart as an animal every day. I die daily. I'm telling you. Even if your activity externally appears to be the practice of his presence, the apostles are maturing so strongly in this place, it doesn't attest to your maturity at all. You need to know that your heart is slain and see Christ in your own spirit. 
Being under the mantling of a mature one is wonderful, for that will be for all times for the 12 nations of Israel written in the book of Revelation. You will be under authority forever, and it'll be the authority of the Father's glory, and it will liberate you tremendously, and you will live in heaven forever. True authority liberates you for freedom and abundant life. False authority constricts and to look in a certain image, a religious spirit got to be a certain way. There's no freedom there. It's all fake. It's false Christianity of the Antichrist everywhere. The apostolic authority that is wrestling the Antichrist in America right now is producing true freedom and abundant life. And everyone will be under the tabernacle of David. What's the tabernacle of David? The apostolic covering. David represents the apostolic in prophetics. You don't have a choice. If you want to stay saved, you're going to be under the apostles. You might as well learn to like it now. All they're doing is threatening you with a good time. The very promised land has their names written on the gates, on the stones, on the pearls, on the banners. It's not going to be your name there. It's going to be Peter, James, and John there. Amen? And all that mature in the apostolic be proud of their tribe. The 12 tribes of Israel are written in those gates. And the 12 apostles, which means to become the Israel of God, requires the apostolic. In the new covenant, becoming the Israel of God, the 144,000, those above and not below, requires the apostolic of God. And there are 12 apostles on this planet. The apostolic is the number 12. Is it only 12? It's the source of the original 12. Yeah, there's only 12. Book of Revelation. There's only 12. I am part of the original 12 and so are you. Is that what you think the Bible is? It's the original 12. It's their words. It's the apostles. It's the New Testament. It's the New Covenant. This wasn't written by God. It was written by apostles. Do you understand that? Your Bible that's inerrant, perfect scripture was written by men who are sanctified to a level you can't even comprehend. You are not dealing with a man. You are dealing with a God-man. And Mary Magdalene and uh, what's her name? Fotini, female apostles in the first century church. You are not dealing with a woman. You're dealing with a God woman. It was God the Father formed in these men and women. They were no longer humans. Do you understand that? They were no longer humans. Men are liars. These men and women were so sanctified, they don't lie anymore. Come on now. That's what the enemy is always trying to entrap you in. You're lying. I tell you what, you don't understand a thing. They tried to accuse me of lying today. I told the truth anyhow. They won't even listen to me. These people are so far gone in Satan, they won't even listen. They're not even teachable. Let them get beat up by their demons out there in Slanderville for a season. That season, I tell you what, they're going to be annihilated and crushed with living water. These are the days of Noah that come against the people that are attacking Noah, building the kingdom ark the whole time against all the scheming slanders of everyone gossiping, speaking ill of Noah. My God, they're talking about Noah. You know, Noah, Noah's getting drunk, building a, a vineyard. He's planting seed. He's getting drunk. He was so slandered, so character assassinated, guys. You think that affected him? You think that didn't hurt him and crush him? It was devastating. The only reason why we have so much armor to deal with this stuff is because Christ is formed in us in the exact measure that can handle it. 
A lot of people just have to back off and just kind of wait on the sidelines until the storm passes. 1.5 million people told to retreat because the storm's so bad. Come on now. And Ian, the name of this hurricane down in Florida right now, Hurricane Ian, it means the Lord is gracious. It's a, it's a hurricane of grace. First in the natural, then in the spiritual. That's what's coming. I believe the enemy, what the enemy meant for harm, God will turn for good. There are going to be miracles coming out of this. Ian means the Lord is gracious. God is gracious to this country. This country has committed the worst, most abominable acts of sorcery, Freemasonry, wickedness, and witchcraft of all time. The highest level recorded sorcery that humanity has ever done has been done by the USA and England and all first world nations are equally guilty, but it's here and God is going to deal with it and cleanse it from this nation. The Bible actually says in Genesis that the judgment of Noah came upon the earth because of one sin, sorcery. It says that, that sorcery was the sin that caused God to destroy all the earth except eight saved through water. Sorcery is religion of the soul, guys. Woo! That's what you're getting sanctified, potent sorcery, Babylon the Great. All of you are getting sanctified from the sorcery of Great Babylon. As you're sanctified from it, from soulishness to spirituality, from this present darkness brain into this glory light spirit, come on, now that judgment can't touch you because the judgment is the spirit waters and those that are cleansed and sanctified and rise above accelerate the judgment upon one sin if you read revelation one sin sorcery sorcery is what this war is ultimately about and who's the queen of sorcery the bible tells you jezebel that's why she's our last enemy because once you conquer sorcery satan doesn't have anything left sorcery is the greatest counterfeit of christianity that's it that's what you've been dealing with that's what's deceived you that's what's religiously tempted you that's what's caused you to practice strange fire and dead works and to follow ministries of the dead instead of ministries of the living to follow the accuser of the brethren instead of christ the defense attorney all of the sins in this world are through sorcery the knowledge of good and evil is janes and jambres the sorcerers of egypt it's all in the soul good and evil Look at all the arguments. It's all about good and evil. There's no life. There's no grace. There's no heaven. What about the, the law of the Spirit? No one's asking about the law of the Spirit. What about what the Spirit's doing? Anybody asking about obedience since that's what the New Testament is? The New Covenant is obeying the Spirit. Everyone here in leadership in RLM is in perfect obedience to the law of the Spirit. Totally perfect obedience to what the Spirit has led all of us in. It is absolute perfection, and that's not an exaggeration. That's the truth anyhow. Are you asking, is this what the Spirit's doing? Are you in the sorcery of Janes and Jambres? Come on now. You understand that determines if you're in Satan's kingdom or in the kingdom of glory? It's these two trees in the garden, the knowledge of good and evil, Janes and Jambres, all sorcery. What did the fallen angels trade the Shekinah glory for? Sorcery. That was the trade. 
Satan and his angels got the power of sorcery through the curse of the fall. The curse of the fallen angels. That's the, the source of all primal evil and corruption in all mankind. Which means come out of her, my people. What is she coming out of? The soul is coming out of sorcery. Sanctification is coming out of sorcery and it's not all at once. If you think it's all at once, you don't understand anything. It is a gradual layer of the onion by layer of the onion. It's like pride. Pride doesn't come all at once. Pride is a continuous practice of humility. Each degree you carry your cross and walk up the mountain of the Lord, which is Calvary. There's one mountain, Calvary. Zion is Calvary. Zion is Golgotha. Each degree you carry your cross and annihilate your heart by Christ in you is a new degree. You have conquered pride and sorcery, the fallen angels, and a greater level of wisdom and understanding in dealing with it with everyone around you and down below. But you can't deal with stuff higher than you. The Bible says you cannot deal with stuff higher than you, which means most of you can't even deal with the leadership of RLM because you're not high enough. It's true. That's what the Bible teaches. You can deal with stuff at your level. You can deal with stuff lower than you, but you can't even comprehend higher levels on the mountain. You just know you're happy to be on it. And if you want to stay on it, you have to stay in grace. The temptation on the mountain is to slip down and listen to some foul bird defecating on you. That's what they do. Final quest, they're trying to make you slip on the mountain with poison and urine and manure coming out of the foul birds that were flying around the mountain in the final quest. You understand this is the final quest. That's a prophetic book for this generation. You need all of them. Rick Joyner's been used like a prophet in his books majorly, not as a minor prophet, as a major prophet. Not that his stuff outside those books is perfect. He's got his stuff, everyone does. But I'm telling you now, those books are inspired and they give such insight to the strategies of the enemy. If you put your Bible down, if you stop getting washed in the water word, you begin to slip down because you will be attacked through your head. The enemy is always attacking your head. Joyce Myers, the battlefield of the mind. It's the truth, anyhow. If you don't have the helmet of salvation saved by grace, if there ain't fresh grace on your head, you will begin to slip. What's the temptation? Get you out of grace that saves into the law of sin and death, the knowledge of good and evil. Next thing you know, you're out here as an accuser of the brethren, lost your mind like Nebuchadnezzar, crawling on your belly, acting like a snake. Woo! They go nuts. This is how you can be safe, secure, saved, promoted, blessed through warfare. The armies of the living God, like David and his mighty men, they inherited the whole world through warfare. I am for peace when I speak the art for war. It was a battle strategy to make peace for Israel, and Solomon had world peace. And it's symbolic of the sons of David, the sons of the tabernacle of David, which are the sons and daughters of the heart of the Father, creating world peace right now. And you can't have it unless you face these principalities. Come on now. Amen. They're going down into the crystal sea below. Hallelujah. Seven mountain mandate to be cast into the depth of the sea. Glory, Isaiah 11, that's a good one. What else should we teach on tonight? <laughs> to the angel of the messenger of the assembly church in Ephesus, right? These are the words of him who holds the seven stars. 
which are the messengers of the seven churches in his right hand, who goes about among the seven golden lampstands. What it is is an acknowledgement as my calling and destiny as a high priest. Truly as being a high priest. As a chief apostle like John in the lineage of John. Which is the calling on my life. That's why I deal with all this crazy stuff. It's because of the calling and the destiny here in leadership. Which will bless all of you if you can understand it. Seven golden lampstands. Seven stars. And it is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Because that whole possession of Christ is shared inside his body. Listen, Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords inside his people. That's what the bride of Christ is. You have to understand that inside you now. The soul part of you, that part is condemned by religion. That's why it's confused. You know that's not God. It's not good. You know you have all this sin in your heart. That ain't God. God is the purification of the heart produces God himself. Not a copy of him. Not even a mere reflection of him. But Jesus himself is the possessor of his people. He's really in there. Revelation is the revealing of Jesus inside his obedient lovers. Inside those filled with faith. What is the faith? It's experiencing the substance of having God himself, not a lesser version, not a watered-down American Christian version, but the living God, King of kings and Lord of lords, if you read Revelation 19, is to the Word. The Word is King of kings and Lord of lords, is what it says. Which means if you have the Word, each word you receive in your spirit is King of kings and Lord of lords. If you read the Bible, that's what it says. Tattooed on his thigh, the Word of God. You share in kingship. You know what kingship is? Let's just demystify all this stuff. Kings are apostles. Prophets are lords. Apostle of apostles. Prophet of prophets. And there's order and rank amongst the prophets and apostles. That's what king of kings and lord... It's not just a stupid mystical religious theology. Get Satan out of you people. Come on now. God loves you. You are all called to be prophets. I wish that all my people were prophets, a prophetic people. You can't rise from the dead except without sapphire stones in your spirit. Jesus is a prophet inside you. You have a prophet in you. It's not about you anymore. It's about prophet and apostle Jesus. The white eagle is the prophet. How many of y'all know the Bible says, and he is the apostle of our faith, Hebrews 9-11. So what is, it's not just a term, it's not just a generic title, it's the function and the revelation of the substance of what that entails. It means he's the fullness of the prophetic and he's the fullness of the apostolic. That's what King of Kings and Lord of Lords is. That's what we're growing up into the head, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, maturing in the prophetic anointing. You need to, otherwise you're not growing in Christ. It's maturing in understanding parables, riddles, and dark speech, which means you can't misunderstand anymore. You'll be quick to understanding. Growing in the prophetic is understanding wisdom. Wisdom is prophetic. Wisdom is prophecy. It's the prophetic word. Wisdom is the prophetic word. You understand? It's the same thing. Wisdom and prophecy are the same word, the living word. 
What's the difference between wisdom and folly? One is a dead letter, one's a living word. Wisdom is the living word. Why? Because it's killed the beasts. It's mixed the wine. It's celebrating the house of wine divine. Amen. It's in heaven. Wisdom is the impartation of Christ being made our wisdom. Not a substitute, not even a down payment of future wisdom. The possession of the Lord himself in your bodies. That's what the bride of Christ is. The bride of Christ is those who have God fully formed on the inside and they're not ashamed to be called his brothers and sisters, it is written, which means they're as full of the Father's glorious Jesuses. Bob Jones said, you're gonna have a million Jesuses down here. Let that get the devil out of you. How about a million that are walking in John 14, 12, greater works because I go to the Father. Now I know some of you are so religious, you say they're gonna be worshiped. No one's gonna worship them. They're gonna worship Jesus, their creator. We're his brothers and sisters. At this level of maturity, none of that stupid doctrine even exists. Yeah. You gotta grow up, man. We're not around demons anymore. <laughs> We're not around darkness anymore. In this realm, there's clarity, there's light. There's wisdom, there's understanding, there's the rainbow mind of Christ. Everyone that rises, rises in the same intelligence of the same seven spirits of God. Which means there's zero confusion. No one's worried about worshiping Brandon, worshiping an apostle. Are you nuts? You just reveal your elevation of confusion. Up here, it's Jesus possessing people greatly and you celebrate how much of God is formed inside man. And they said the throne of the Father is with men, which means inside men's bodies, inside women's bodies. You can see the throne of God the Father. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you have any kind of wisdom whatsoever, you know where the river of divinity flows from. From the heart of the bride flows the river, the spirit and the bride say, come and drink. You're drinking divinity from the womb of the bride. Divinity has always only came through men and women. And wisdom, the word of God, divides asunder soul from spirit, so you're not confusing the man and woman part of them with the divine part of them birthing through their spirit. Come on now. Woo! Let's go. Amen. I know your industry. I know your activities. I know your laborious toil and trouble. I know. He knows our troubles. He's, in de he's dealing with it with us. And your patient endurance and how you cannot tolerate wicked men. Isn't that an awesome attribute? You cannot tolerate wicked slanderers. That's an attribute in the Bible to shut down the accusers of the brethren. Come on now. You can't tolerate wicked men. You have tested and critically appraised those who call themselves apostles, special messengers of Christ. Amen. Test every leader and yet are not and have found them to be imposters and liars. I know you are enduring patiently and are bearing up for my name's sake and have not fainted or become exhausted or grown weary. But I have this one charge against you, that you have left abandoned the love that you have had at first and you have deserted me your first love. And I can feel the Holy Spirit pulling us in to the love realm in our spirit. Amen. The warfare against the false brethren, the imposters 
It's intense this season. And you don't tolerate them, it is written. But then the repentance, Jesus Christ corrects them. He says, but make sure you're doing it when you're attached to him in your spirit. Because this is how you're not having an emotional connection to the destruction of the false and the lies of the false. Because it will wear on you. It'll drain your blood. Jezebel's the blood-sucking witch that's drunk on the blood of the saints in Revelation. They're trying to wear you out. They're trying to emotionally drain you. They're trying to steal your joy and your peace because that's all they can do through attacking the saints. The Bible says, And Satan relentlessly attacked the saints night and day. What do you think he's attacking them with? All kinds of so-called evidence. All stuff about their past life. All stuff that they made up with the magic arts. That's how Satan attacks the saints night and day, Scripture says. But the saints rose up higher above it not tolerating it because this one thing first love first love is how you rise there are levels even if you're fighting for truth and justice and you're standing against all the attacks of the enemy standing against and not tolerating wicked men wicked women and you can't rise any higher you'll be sitting there warring your whole life god doesn't want you doing that god wants to raise you up in a place where there's no warfare Amen? The promised land is a warfare-free zone. That's why we have to ascend and descend. And to all our people are sealed in the heavenly Jerusalem, which is above the snake line, above the warfare. Most, almost none of you are there. That's why we're still doing ministry today. It's true. I could stay up in a high lofty place and just have perfect peace, but our job is to war at all elevations until you're perfected in the first love realm, which is the promised land of the heavenly Jerusalem, sealed within her walls. And you have perfect peace, you have perfect prosperity, you have perfect health. Your houses are filled with perfect glory. That there's zero demonic influence or attack against your souls, which is your natural man against your brain, against your bodies, against your house, against your business, against your relationships. It's all being perfected if you have this first love. That's the key to clinging to first love. That's how you rise in the storm. The ego rises because it's the gust of the mighty rushing wind of God's love for his people that causes us to rise above the storm. Amen. So in all of this, you grow in love for God. You notice that? And the unity, the Bible says, is when you're knit together in love. We'll end with this. Psalms 133. Glory. <laughs> A psalm of ascents, which means of going up. How do you go up? How do you rise, brethren? Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like precious ointment poured on the head the anointing without measure it's stain in love and ran down on the beard even the beard of Aaron which is agreement with the word of God it's agreeing with the good report even the beard of Aaron the, the first high priest that came down upon the collar and skirts of his garments consecrating the whole body it is like the dew of lofty Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon is where the angels originally fell from heaven. So it's talking about the anointing that completely conquers the fallen angels. It's in this realm of unity, and it's in the oil, and it's in first love. 
It is like the dew of lofty Hermon. It is the complete and total overcoming of the fall. Amen? You can't overcome the fall unless you overcome all the principalities in the second heavens. You'll go through it. And you'll get really wise as you do. The dew that comes on the hills of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing. Even life forevermore upon the high and the lowly. Zion, the mountain of the Lord, and the commanding of the blessing. It's the inheritance of those married to his anointing. Loyal to the oil on the mountain. And that's Hermon here in Psalms 133, which means the enemy is there. That's the mountain of the enemy. That's the mountain that the watchers fell from heaven and corrupted humanity with. That is the, the very place of the origin of the corruption of the fallen angels within man. That was the place of first demonic influence in humanity, was Mount Hermon. So it's talking about totally overcoming all the fallen angels. Thank you, Father, for a people loyal to the oil on Mount Hermon in the unity of the brethren of the first love marriage to Jesus. Father, I pray for refreshment in the waters of grace to wash everyone's minds, everyone's backs, everyone's necks, everyone's brain stems. All the word curses, witchcraft prayers break off of you now. Bam! And it goes. And fresh winds of heaven blow on your face from the angels, from the God I am and whom I serve. And let it wash over you, carry you up higher into realms of perfected peace for all God's saints and warriors that are fighting the good fight of faith. Thank you, Father, for a people increasing in the anointing oil now. Stir it up in all your bellies. Let there be a stirring in your spirit of a greater impartation of faith. Faith has to be imparted. Let faith be imparted directly into your spiritual stomachs. Let the outstretched right hand, the Holy Spirit of God the Father, go right into your bellies and increase God's faith, the faith of God, not in God, but of God in your spirit. And let light shoot up into your heart and brain and reveal to your brain that God is really indwelling your spirit right now. And now grow in that light all the days of your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Amen.
smile on your face 